again to Diary of an Empath. So today I had a podcast guest that had to cancel last minute. So I figured since I'm camera ready, kind of, I will just come on here and do a podcast episode, bonus episode on Love is Blind season four, because there is a lot of shit to unpack. I'm not typically a gossipy reality star type of podcast host, but it's just too much to unpack from a mental health perspective and just a human perspective to not do this episode. I just, I have to. Okay. So for those that have not watched Love is Blind season four, spoiler alert, do not continue if you have not watched the season and you're not ready to hear all of the juicy things that are going on. So we have these contestants that are in the pods. They're not seeing each other. They are supposedly falling in love with each other. Now, here's my take on it. Do I think that you can form an emotional connection without seeing somebody and fall in love or at least fall into feelings? Yes, absolutely. I do think you can form a connection because then our brain automatically goes into who is this person? What does their voice sound like? And so they're also very isolated. They don't have their phones. They're cut off from their friends and family. They're cut off from distractions. So the only focus that they have is these people in the pods, which makes it really easy to form these really deep connections. Now, physical connection is a whole other level because I do think that physical connection is important. But for me, at least, again, this is my opinion. There's, I'm not saying that there's data behind this, but for most women, I'm going to say, I think that when we have and form an emotional connection with somebody, it makes them more physically attractive. I've dated some guys in the past who weren't physically my type. If I would have just saw them on Tinder or Bumble, I probably would have swiped left. But because I had that emotional connection or that energetic connection, I was more physically attracted to them. But for me personally, connection doesn't necessarily mean that there's compatibility. For compatibility, I feel like that takes time to see if you're actually compatible with somebody long term. And that's where I think that this show falls short. The good thing about season one, which I believe those are the only couples that are still married, Cam and I forgot the other girl's name, his wife, and then the Bartlett's, I think Bartels or Bartlett's, they're still married as well, but they had more time together. It was also a very new show, so it wasn't as popular and they had more time between the airing of the show and the time that it was recorded. So I do think that they had more time to have a normal life, to get to know each other, to fall in love, to see if they were compatible. Whereas if you look at all the other seasons, everybody's divorced. So let's kind of break this down. All right. So first, I want to start off with Bliss. Now, Bliss was paired up with, I believe it was Zach. And let me just make sure it's Zach. I'm going through my pictures here. And at first, she wasn't his first choice. Did you guys know that there's other contestants that did not make the taping? Because I'm looking through some of these pictures and I'm like, who the fuck is JP, Josh? And who is this other guy, Juan? They weren't even Casia, Kendra, didn't even see these folks. So there's lots of people who didn't even make the taping. But anyway, I digress. Okay, so 
We have Bliss. She was not Zach's first pick. She was his second. Initially, uh, Zach picked um, not Micah. It was the other girl, the really mean girl. I'm trying to find her picture here. But anyway, she was not his first pick. And essentially, you know, he discovered really quick that she was oh, Irina. Yeah, he picked Irina first. He discovered really quick. Irina is a fucking mean girl. So let's just start out. Let's start off with Irina. So, you know, Zach is a lawyer. He's, you know, really down to earth. He has a, a love for his mom. He talked about how his mom was a stripper and he went through all of these ups and downs in childhood, how he sometimes felt he was being judged by other people. You know, he's a relatable guy. He's a little quirky, maybe on the spectrum a little bit, but who knows? He's a smart guy though. And I actually like him. I respect him. I feel like he you could tell he's a lawyer. I'm actually surprised he's a criminal defense lawyer because I see him as being somebody super ethical, but you can tell that, you know, he, he wants justice for people that deserve it. And Irina, you know, although I do sympathize with her in certain aspects, she's kind of a mean girl, but I think that that's her defense mechanism. I think that's a way of, I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. And even if it's not necessarily intentional, I really don't think she intentionally wants to hurt people. I think that is 1000% her way of protecting herself for whatever reason. I'm not justifying it. I just think that that's why there's always reasons why people act the way that they do in social settings and relationships, point blank, period. It's always triggers, traumas, social constructs of why we have these views of the world and why we act the way that we do. And it's always the ego trying to protect itself hundred percent. So I just think that was Irina's downfall and she wasn't attracted. She just wasn't attracted. And I don't blame her for that. It's the way that she handled the situation. Zach, however, went on to choose bliss. They got engaged real quick, which at first I was like, this is bullshit. He is proposing. This is so fake. Like after two weeks, how can you just decide you want to be with someone? But I don't know. After time kind of unfolded, I can see the long-term compatibility with them. And I actually think that they might be one of the couples that stays married. I just think that they're both so logical that they just – they just complete each other. They just make for a really good match. Okay. So moving on to Kwame and Chelsea. Oh, Kwame. Okay. So Kwame, I, I think he, he, he reminds me of like Will Smith, his like outgoing bubbly laugh and personality. I think he's a likable, charming guy. I don't think he's a bad person. A lot of people were saying that he's fake. Um, I think he wants a connection with someone, but some of the ways that he handled the situations were just really immature. And um, Chelsea, man, you know, she's so grounded and she's so calm, cool and collected. But there were some things that I'm like, come on, Chelsea. Like, I know you're so confident in your man, but you can't force it. Oops. <laughs> you, you can't force it. I hope the best for them. And it looks like they've been married for a year now. Things are working out. And maybe Kwame just needed more time to grow into the relationship, to grow into the marriage. I do think that he's capable of being a very good husband and a very loyal person, but I think he needs the right person. And I think he needed more time where else Chelsea was ready. She's like, let's do it. I'll get married today. I want to have all your babies, you know? And so I think she was ready quicker than he was, and he may have just needed time. I think they have a shot. I think Chelsea's a really good, solid woman. 
I think that if I was a man, I would want a woman like Chelsea. Uh, she's attractive. She is confident. There's really nothing you can tell her about her man that she she has her way of thinking and you're not going to alter that way of thinking. And I hope that he treats her the way that she deserves. The only downside I would see with Chelsea is maybe her staying longer in a toxic situation than, than she should because her love and confidence is so strong and not wanting to give up. Um, I would foresee her in a situation like that. And hopefully that's not the case. Okay. Um, let's go with Jackie and Marshall. <sighs> lot to unpack here. Uh, Jackie's a beautiful girl, very pretty. Um, I really liked her at first. The very first thing I saw when I saw her, I was like, wow, she's gorgeous. She reminds me of Selena. Um, she's definitely a little bit more on the, the hood type of side, which is fine. I relate. I'm from Chicago. She tells it how it is, but I think she tells it how it is without the understanding that sometimes when you do that, you can hurt people around you and there might be better ways to communicate. And I think that she just has some lessons that she needs to learn. Now, I will say this with interviewing different people, I've definitely come to a conclusion that not everything that you see is the whole picture. We have one very small perspective of what we see on TV. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the whole truth. It might be a part of the truth, right? But there might be other aspects of that truth that have we, or had we have seen that larger picture, we may have had a, a little bit more of an understanding of the situation or the context of some of the things that were said. Not saying that it's right or wrong, but I do think that there were, okay, there was an incident with Jackie where everyone was saying, you cheated on Marshall, you cheated on Marshall, look at the timeline. She went online, she went on Instagram, she said, that's not the case. I had this conversation with Marshall before I met up with Josh because she met up with Josh at the coffee house. She said she was going to be with him and she was going to try. And then they showed her having a conversation with Marshall, breaking up with him. And at the coffee house, she also kissed Josh. So everyone was saying she cheated on Marshall. But she went online saying that's not the case. The timelines, it's edited to look like I did, but I didn't. And everyone said she was a liar. People were sending her death threats. I mean, it got out of hand, in my opinion. And I went on her page and simply said, it's not, it may not be the whole story. And people came after me. But I'm just not, I'm not saying she's right or wrong. What I'm saying is we only have a small part of the bigger picture. Well, it came out later after the reunion, which they didn't show on the reunion, which I thought was weird. But she went on her Instagram with her receipts to show the timeline, text messages. And in fact, Marshall then went on a podcast saying, no, she had the conversation with me before she had the conversation with Josh. I think it's a little fucked up that and I'm not sticking up for anyone. I'm neutral. But I do think it's a little fucked up that Netflix tends to put these timelines or edit things in a way to make it more dramatic. Yes, that's that's a, it's a show. I get it. It's ratings. But at least at least give the people the opportunity on the show to speak their truth. And I don't feel that Jackie was allowed to do that. Also, Jackie did say that she was not allowed to come to the reunion. She wanted to. But Netflix felt that it was. um a hazard because she was getting death threats and they didn't want her to put any of the crew at risk. I feel like that was a cop out. They didn't give her an opportunity because I feel like she would have called them out and they didn't want that because even the conversation that she had with Vanessa Lachey, if it's a Vanessa online, she didn't 
get an opportunity to speak her truth, or at least they edit it out. I don't know what happened, but it didn't happen that way. And so I feel like there was a lot that was unsaid. With that being said, I do feel that the way that Jackie handled things with Marshall wasn't cool. And how I view things, and I could be wrong, I feel like based off of what she said, she said, I usually date basketball players, tatted up, a little bit more masculine. I think she searches for really high highs because sometimes when we're children, as you guys know, if you listen to my podcast, I talk about the nervous system. If we're around toxicity, abuse, chronic stress, family dynamics that are kind of chaotic, our nervous system is going to be elevated as a child. If we associate love with an elevated nervous system, we are then going to end up navigating relationships, searching for those high highs. We need to feel activated because we think that's what love feels like. If Marshall is not activating that nervous system for her, he's probably boring her. She is bored and she's not attracted. She called him too sweet. And so, and meaning that he's got sugar in his tank. She, she's implying that he was gay. And then there was text messages that leaked between her and her friends saying that she thinks that Marshall um, may have been bisexual or implying that he might have been gay and that she essentially was just doing it to do it. And I don't think she had any intentions on marrying him. Those text messages got leaked by one of her so-called friends, which I kind of feel conflicted with that too, because I feel like we as women and even men, we have conversations with our girlfriends that like if they were in the public or if they the guys found out about it, it would look fucked up. But that's our conversation with our girls like that is that's it's different. I think it's really messed up that that got leaked. And we also have to remember that these people are in their 20s. I don't even want to talk about the shit that I did in relationships in my 20s. It's embarrassing the stuff that I did. And it's embarrassing the stuff that I put up with. They're young. And it's no coincidence that the majority of the relationships that did work or that did get married and stayed married are in their 30s. There's a reason for it. Marshall, on the other hand, yes, I think he's emotionally mature and self-aware, but not to, not to the point where everyone's giving him credit. I'm going to say that. I like Marshall. I think he's a good match in a lot of different ways. But if you saw all these red flags, yet you you still wanted to continue, and he said, I tend to pick people like this. I tend to pick projects. Whether you're, you got people-pleasing tendencies or you think you can fix people, I've been there. I was that person. Marshall's got a lot to learn, too. He's not perfect. Nobody in this scenario is perfect, but every show needs a villain. And listen, don't come at me. I'm just trying to give you guys a different perspective. That's all. I'm neutral. But I don't think Jackie's a bad person. Did she handle things not the greatest ways? Sure. But, you know, then you got someone like Micah who's really just treating people like shit, right? But we came after Jackie more than we came after Micah. And let's not forget, let's not forget Zach and, no, not Micah. That was Irina. Let's not forget, though, that Micah was a part of Irina's bad girl behaviors. Because when Irina and Micah were together, that was fucking Mean Girls Club. And they were treating people like shit. Micah's not innocent here. And I feel like at the reunion, she played this nice girl and, you know, victim. And and listen, her feelings are valid. Nobody should be told that you wouldn't make a good mother or I can't see you as a mother. And I do understand why her feelings may have been hurt. And, and maybe she did develop genuine feelings 
at some point, you know, maybe towards that time, she maybe she did really did want to get married. And I believe she would have said I do. Was she ready, though? That's another thing. Um, I do think that her partner, Paul, I think that he is just a little bit more logical. And I think that he knew that it wasn't going to work, which is why he said no. And I do think that he made the right decision. Um, I don't think that him and Micah would have been a good match long-term. And I do think Paul's a good guy. He's just more logical. I don't think he did anything wrong. I think it's fucked up that they came after him during the reunion. um, I think they came after the wrong people. All right. So let's move on to Josh, which is now Jackie's boyfriend, by the way, Jackie and Josh are now living together. Uh, They found out they were a good match. Hey, I hope he treats her good and I hope they're happy. Um, I I don't know what I have to say about Josh um, because they really didn't give him too much camera time other than when he was intoxicated and acting a fool. Um, I do have my feelings on if you know you're going to be on camera, why are you drinking that much? And I personally probably wouldn't be drinking at all if I was on camera just because I want to be in a right right mind frame. But, you know, I think they purposely give them alcohol to get the drama out. So Josh and Jackie wish them the best of luck. You know, I hope they've learned some lessons and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll leave that at that. Okay. So Brett, Brett is, Brett is just like a manly man. I really like Brett. Um, I think that he is genuinely in love. I think that he, uh, has a maturity about him. He is older. He's 36, which I think made a big difference for him and Tiffany. Tiffany's also 36. And I think that goes to show you that age really can play a part in maturity and when you're ready for a real relationship and marriage. You know, when you have all these people in their 20s, a lot of people in their 20s are still experiencing life and gaining life skills. Tiffany, I love her. She's a breath of fresh air. You can just tell how much in love she was. Like she was just like so blown away by everything that I don't think neither one of them expected to find real love on the show. And and it did in, in a beautiful, unexpected way. Sounds like they're still doing great a year later. They're happy. Um, and let me tell you something. One thing that I loved about Brett is when he said, oh, I'll, do, I'll pay 75% of the bills. You just get the 25. I'm like, oh, hallelujah. Let me find that man. <laughs> like I, I'm independent. I, I, so is Tiffany. And, but man, it's, it's just such a refreshing thing to hear a man say, like, listen, I make more money than you. So I think it's fair that I pay a little bit more. It just logically to me, I think that is the most logical and respectful thing to do when there's a difference in income, especially as a marriage. And what I love about Tiffany is she said, I don't need to tell you how to spend your money. As long as you pay your portion of the bills and we're good, I don't care how you spend your money. You like bougie things, you get your bougie things. She didn't try to change him. You know, yeah, she kind of made fun of him a little bit bougie Brett because he is bougie as fuck let's just be honest but she was okay with that as long as you do what you need to do you want to spend $500 on on a shirt that's that's on you you know so I, I really like that she didn't try to change who he was because it's really important that we go into relationships not trying to change the other person it's up to you if you're going to decide is this person compatible for me And you can decide if you want to stay or leave the relationship, but you shouldn't be trying to change the person. Now, that's not to say that you can't be compromised. You can't, 
let me rephrase that. It doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't be compromising on some things because some things you should compromise with your partner. You know, for example, if your partner likes to go to movies and maybe you don't want to like go see a scary movie, but you're going to go because your partner wants to see a scary movie. It's not going to hurt you to go for two hours. That's different. So I think there comes a fine line between trying to change someone and trying to compromise when it comes to being in a partnership. My prediction is, is that they will either stay married for a long time or they will stay together. I think that uh, Zach and Bliss will also stay together. I actually have more hope for them than I do for Brett um, and Tiffany. I think that's the majority of the couples that I wanted to cover here. I feel like this season really kind of opened my eyes to the fact that Netflix is really about that drama. This show had higher ratings than any of the other seasons. So my prediction is that Netflix is going to continue to push the drama and have potentially one to two really solid couples, at least one major couple that they will edit and push in a way to really show how much they're in love because we need we need a villain of the group and we also need heroes of the group. And I think 90% of the show is going to be drama. And I also want to point out that Danielle from, I want to say she was season, season two and she just came out with a post and mind you, they're under contract. So there are certain timelines where they cannot talk about certain things. Once that timeline hits, I think it was a three-year contract. I can't remember what, what I was told. But once that contract ends, then I guess they, they're free flow to talk about their experience to a certain degree. And Danielle recently, uh, actually today, came out on a post saying that Netflix only interviewed them with a psychologist for 30 minutes. Danielle told them about her mental health struggles, her past suicide attempts. And within 30 minutes, the psychologist is like, okay, you're good for the show, which I find really, really concerning that a 30 minutes is not enough for a psychological assessment. They should be having a couple sessions, minimum two to three for like the real potential contestants of the show, right? On top of there's no continued psychological connections if needed throughout the the course of the show, which there should be. Danielle said that there were things that were being done to trigger her mental health. For example, the scene that she had where she broke down and everybody was having a party and she was in her room by herself. The way that it was edited was to make it seem like she wasn't feeling good. She wanted to stay in the room and she ended up having a breakdown in the bathroom. And to the audience, we're like, what the fuck is going on with her? Like that was out of nowhere. When in reality, she said that she was told to stay in the room because they thought maybe she had COVID and they didn't want to give it to the other people. And she felt like there was maybe cameras everywhere and there was just a lot of stuff going on. She felt a lot of pressure and there was just little things being triggered and she had a panic attack in the bathroom. She went in the bathroom because she thought it was the only place she wouldn't be mic'd and there wouldn't be cameras on her. Little did she know when her partner came into the room who was miked. She did not know that. Um, they miked him up so that way she could, they could get the reaction on camera and on video, which to me is really fucked up. So there were just certain things that they did that instigated some of her mental health triggers to come out, which is very unethical. I also heard from somebody else, the same who was on the show, same thing, 
um, that they did to Danielle. So I feel like Netflix really needs to step up a little bit when it comes to their mental health support for their cast members and not do things to instigate mental health triggers just for the sake of ratings. It's super unethical. It's fucked up. And Netflix, you need to do better. Period. Mental health is not something that you get for ratings. It's not something that you do just to get entertainment out of people. These are real issues. And if you have to instigate in order to get mental health triggers or reactions out of somebody, you should be shut down. And that is something I'm not for. So Netflix needs to do better. Do I predict that they will? No, I don't. Unfortunately, I feel like this is going to be a continued trend that we're going to see. I feel like they need to have a therapist on the show that these contestants or these people on the show have continuous access to at all times during the process of the taping, period. At least at the very minimum, have that access. And uh, hopefully they do. So anyway, those are my thoughts on Love is Blind season four. And uh, we'll see what happens during the next season. So until next time, see you on the next episode of Diary of an Apollo.